Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. There are many types of Baptists, but being a Baptist once meant that you were a fundamentalist. Over the years, many Baptists have strayed from the fundamentals and thus attack those who remain true to the faith. This podcast will address the issues surrounding what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Somebody said, Brother House, fundamentalists are changing, aren't they? No, fundamentalists don't change. Folks quit being fundamentalists. God says when the troubles come, He said, fight. You can't fight. He said, withstand. You can't withstand. He said, stand. What does it mean to stand? He said, don't change. What? Don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the Word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I, I thank God it's a perfect book, and I, I love the Bible. Doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why does every generation feel that we've got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it fast for us, and our granddaddy did it like that, and let's change it just a little bit. You change it, and things that are different are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Hello and welcome. My name is David Baker, and I'm the host for the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. And hey, we're glad you're here. I am so excited to have with me Dr. Bruce Miller. And uh, we're going to get to interview him today and talk about being a Baptist. And uh, this is called the Fundamental Baptist Podcast, and excited about that. So, Dr. Miller, tell us a little bit about your personal background, family, work, education. Uh, let's start there. Well, I was born in Ohio and raised on top of a grocery store and on a farm, both, <laughs> and uh, moved to Indiana. And as a young man, God called me to preach uh, twice. He was as good to me as he was to Jonah. Uh, and he had to be because, like Jonah, I went in the opposite direction. And I was a sports writer and sports editor of a daily newspaper on the south side of Indianapolis in the early 70s and uh, went to the United States Army and eventually got into uh, Bible College. I went to Indiana Baptist College. Uh, the president and founder of our college was a man named Dr. Ford Porter, who wrote the gospel tract that's been used all around the world, God's Simple Plan of Salvation. Absolutely. And what a study his life and, and let him be a mentor. Uh, then uh, I, was, uh, I have been uh, this past January uh, 2022, January 1st, I have been in full-time ministry ever since, uh, well, 51 years before that. I'm in my 51st wow. year, and uh, I think that means that I started uh, on January 1st, 1972, I think. And I've been married 51 years, or 50 years this summer. I've been married, and uh God's just let me work in so many ministries, Dr. Baker. I was a youth director, a visitation and youth director, and uh, assistant pastor. And then God led me uh, into Bible college work. And he has allowed me 
though I never asked to do this of him or anyone else. He has allowed me to start or help start or kickstart, revive 12 Bible colleges in the United States and around the world. Most of those are still in operation. And uh, there are literally hundreds of men and women uh, around the world who are in age from uh, late 60s uh, uh, down to, uh, just had one in my office this morning, uh, 22, 23 years old who are in ministry who have come through those Bible colleges. Right now, I'm in full-time evangelism and have been uh, in full-time evangelism since 2008. And I also uh, started another Bible college. This was number 12 uh, in Laurel, Delaware on the East Coast. It's called Atlantic Coast Baptist College. And uh, I'm the president and and founder. And we have, uh, it's not a large college, but we have 35 graduates and 32 are in full-time ministry. Beautiful. (laughs) And and then I'm really excited about working with you and some other good men uh, at Independent Baptist Online College. And uh, what a blessing to have a part in uh, working with our 1,462 and counting uh, students from Independent Baptist Online College. Awesome. Just uh, a note on that, and it's always amazing to me that you're a president of a Bible college, but yet you're willing to work with another Bible college and give your time and expertise. Uh, um, Why do you do that, and how are you able to do that without a conflict? Well, sometimes there is a conflict, but it's a good conflict. I just lost a, uh, we had a graduate last spring who's an assistant pastor down in Florida. He has a wife and children, and his ministry is in Florida. And so uh, he graduated from Atlantic Coast Baptist College, but it's not practical for him to give that up and come move to Delaware. And that's the way we used to do it. You know, we told men, pack up, go to a brand new place, leave your church, leave your children's Christian school, uh, leave your job and uh, go away to Bible college and um, that, that worked for a few men percentage wise, but the highest dropout rate in Bible college is among married men. Wow. And, um, so we, we, uh, I, I was happy to recommend to this fella, the independent Baptist online college. Now he stays in his church, keeps working with his pastor. Uh, he's a full-time teacher in their Christian school and, uh, his children are in the Christian school. And so, uh, that's how it works when there's a conflict, Amen. and that's how it works together too. Uh, not everybody Bible colleges are not one size fits all, and not everybody should go away to a resident school. And then some people need to be in a resident school. They need to be kicked out of bed in the morning. Absolutely, and that is great. And you know the old phrase: "It is amazing what can be done when you don't care who gets the credit." And uh, sometimes people so is that say, is that a conflict of interest? No, my interest is in serving Christ. What's yours? <laughs> you know. And so if we're both interested in serving Christ, that's our mission. And um, to work with other people is totally okay. And yeah, we work with Bible colleges all over the place and not a competition. We're trying to help them uh, and help the students to get to where God wants them to be. It's, it's pretty simple. So awesome. Hey, great background. Awesome stuff. Go ahead, Brother Miller. Well, the 12 Bible colleges that God's let me start or help start, 
that doesn't include all the colleges where we worked with the administration of other new colleges. And we're on the same team, Dr. Baker. And I just pray that everybody who watches uh, these and watches you weekly will understand this is why you're doing this. Right. This is why you're taking to do this. We're on the same team and we're doing this to help you men and ladies. Absolutely. Beautiful. All right. So, hey, one of the classes you teach for us is um, uh, Baptist. So uh, we're going to talk about that. So uh, what is a Baptist and why are we Baptists? Um, God's let me teach Baptist history and Baptist distinctives also and Baptist polity since 1976. Wow. I've taught it in Bible colleges. I've taught it in churches. And uh, a Baptist is a particular type of believer. <laughs> uh, Baptist and believer are not synonymous. Baptist and fundamentalist are not uh, synonymous. Though real biblical Baptists will be fundamentalist. Right. But there can't be people who are fundamentalist who are not Baptist. Uh, a fundamental of the faith is that belief or tenet which is um, which is essential to our faith, the virgin birth of Christ, the blood atonement of Jesus Christ, so forth. Uh, well, Presbyterians can believe that. Methodists can believe that. But Baptists are people who have historically, uh, from the first century on, whether they had the name Baptist or not, they have believed historically a certain set of beliefs. And that's why I'm a Baptist, and that's what a Baptist is. Do you want me to give a rundown? Uh, we'll we'll get to those just in a minute. Uh, so uh, that's great, perfect. We'll get to that. So where did the Baptist name come from? You mentioned whether Baptist called by that name or not. Where um, where did the Baptist name come from? Well, uh, in the New Testament, uh, you have titled an individual John the Baptist, and that meant John the Baptizer. That was not a denomination. Uh, uh, denominational name, but from the 16 mid 1600s on, you have people who were called Baptists. Uh, they weren't called that. They didn't say, uh, "Let's put Baptists on the name of our church sign." In the 1600s, uh, they were called that derogatorily because they rebaptized uh, believers who came into their churches, and uh, they were called Baptists. Before that, they were called Anabaptists, which meant rebaptizers. Right. And they dropped the name Anna, A-N-A, off of it, the English uh, prefix Anna, off of it. And from the mid-1600 on, you have people known as Baptists. Before that, they were people who were called Waldenses, and they were oftentimes uh, named after the leader, a main preacher of their group. But they right. were Baptists uh, because they believe what we call Baptist distinctives. Awesome. It's always amazing to me how the names of the right kind of churches were named that way by the people who didn't believe right. They were called in the Bible that way, as derogatory as could be. They were called the sect of the Nazarenes. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? That was a derogatory term trying to put them down. Um, they were called Christians, which now is a great name, but you're a Christ follower. You're trying to be like Christ. And again, a derogatory name. Baptist, the same thing. Derogatory. Anabaptist. You're rebaptizing people. We already baptized them. And to be honest, I, I was saved in a Baptist church, but I didn't know what a big deal that was. As a chaplain of our county jail, we're going to have a baptism service and uh, baptize the converts that got saved in the jail. And a Methodist minister who comes every week, believes salvation right, and uh, was a great help, asked him if, hey, if you wanted to come and be a part 
and baptize any of the people that he led to Christ. And he said, oh, no, 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 I, I, I can't do that. If I baptize somebody that was already baptized as a baby, I'll get defrocked. I'll get kicked out of my denomination. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? They take such, and this was literally just a couple years ago. They take such a stand against, quote, rebaptizing somebody that was baptized into their church, sprinkled as an infant. I had no idea what a big deal that was. Even today in America, you could imagine back then when the Catholic Church ran and controlled everything, what a big deal that was and how many people died for that. So that Anna or rebaptize is a gigantic thing and it still holds a, a lot of truth today. So um, awesome. Okay, so uh, we want to get into those distinctives. Now, so you're telling me there are things that Baptists believe that the other denominations do not. And again, uh, we'll talk about independent uh, there, but uh, there are some Baptists that are denominations, some that are independent. But you're telling me there are things that that traditionally, specifically, Baptist people believe that other groups do not. So, yeah, let's run through those. What are they? Okay, I just want to say one thing before uh, somebody turns us off today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> titles are important, folks. If if I'm sent to a grocery store, the Walmart grocery store, and I've got a list of ingredients my wife wants me to get, uh, and and it says there I need a can of corn, She's going to have a corn chowder. Uh, boy, I'm glad they have titles on those cans. I'm glad I don't have to open up a couple hundred cans before I find a can of corn. And so titles are important. And these beliefs, as I said, and as Dr. Baker has said, have historically been that which Baptists have believed. Um, in uh, about 1960, the acronym was developed, uh, Baptist. B-A-P-T-I-S-T, with a, a, a distinctive, and notice Dr. Baker, just you just said distinctive and you emphasized the word, because these are things that distinguish us from others. And I'll make that distinction uh, very quickly without verifying it. If you want to have me back on to verify it, I, I'm happy to uh, argue. I mean, discuss it uh, with everyone. Baptist B, first of all, in... And these don't have to be in order except for our acronym, but the first one has to be the first one. And that is, Baptists believe in biblical authority, that the Bible is our standard for faith and practice. Jesus yeah. said in Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So if there's any argument over what we believe, it's settled in the word. How we're going to organize, it's settled in the word. Baptists believe in biblical authority, both personally and ecclesiastically in our church. Uh, the second letter of the word Baptist. By the way, before we go on, just, just to make a comment on that, it is, it is amazing. And we think, yeah, that's no big deal. But in other churches, their tradition goes above what the Bible says or what their pope or preacher goes above what the Bible said. I say all the time, look, if if I believe something that's different than what the Bible says, I'm wrong, the Bible's right. And other groups, it's not that way. What their preacher believes by their doctrine is stronger than what the Bible says. And so uh, Dr. Miller's right when you say, hey, it has to start with this, a biblical authority, all matters of faith and practice. This book, the Bible, is what we believe. And uh, it's amazing how many people, we think and take it for granted, it's amazing how many people don't even recognize that. So great, all right. See, you're you're uh, doing what I said I'd do, and I forgot. Uh, 
you're making the distinction. For instance, we won't do this with every one of these distinctives, but in the Catholic Church, for instance, they believe the Bible is the Word of God. But a word that is attached to the Bible being our standard of faith and practice is oftentimes the word soul, S-O-L-E. It is the only authoritative standard. And the in the Catholic Church, and they say this, I'm not accusing them, this is what they believe, the Pope can speak ex cathedra in the place of God. He can invent a new sin. He can declare something that was a sin not to be a sin. Uh, they believe that the College of Cardinals can come out with uh, doctrinal, uh, not just opinions, but doctrinal authority. Uh, they also believe, and you started with this, church tradition. And the Bible, uh, if any of you used to be card players before you got right with God, the Bible trumps all of those. It's our sole authority of faith and practice. Awesome. All right. Second one. Yes, sir. Well, the second one, and this is important, and this, by the way, though we're not discussing this exhaustively today, is why I am an independent Baptist. I started off being raised in a denominational Baptist church, but it's A, Baptist, B-A, A, the autonomy of the local church. And autonomy, you have that word auto, it's automatic. The local church governs its affairs. Right. Uh, a man asked when I was pastoring, what authority do you have to be independent of a denomination? And he was part of a denomination uh, that was very strong in the area where I pastored, the Southern Baptist Convention. There are good Bible believers in the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, but it's a denomination. And he said, what authority do you have to be independent Baptist? And I said, the authority is the biblical practice. You do not find a denomination or right. denominational headquarters or denominational authority anywhere in the New Testament. You find like in, in uh, Acts chapter 6, when a church problem came up, the pastors led in the solving of the problem in Acts chapter 6. You'll have to look that up for yourself, folks. Uh, but A, the autonomy of the local church. So uh, what you do as pastor of your church, Brother Baker, is none of my business. Mm -hmm. And what we do as pastor of uh, 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 in in my local church that I attend is none of your business. We govern our own affairs, but we can have fellowship with each right. other. Uh, but um, you and I are independent of each other. And uh, when when affairs come up in the local church, what we're going to do, that's a local church matter. That's the Bible practice. Absolutely. It's amazing. And I was saved in the Southern Baptist Church. And then, yeah, you understand that so many times it's not. I've had I've had Southern Baptists tell me when they're trying to get a new pastor, I can't wait till my denominational secretary gets out of my hair and gets out of our church and trying to run and control us. I can't wait till they get out of there. And they say they're autonomous, but yet the denomination has a big influence in them. And if they don't do what they're expected to do, uh, as we know, many of them have been kicked out. So awesome. All right. Number three. Well, the biggest biblical argument in, and uh, you and I have discussed some of this, uh, and, and you brought this up. The biggest biblical argument for the autonomy of the local church is found in Colossians chapter 1 and in the book of Ephesians, where it says Jesus Christ is the head of the church, yeah. and in all things he should have the preeminence. preeminence. No denominational headquarters has the preeminence. Awesome. Number three Great. is P, priesthood of the believers. 
Um, again, this distinguishes us from uh, the Catholic Church and Orthodox churches. Um, more and more, even Lutheran churches and Episcopal churches, where you have a higher level of believers called priests. But the Bible teaches us in 1 Peter 2.5 that we're all members, all members of the royal priesthood. And Baptists have always held to that. Absolutely. It, it, it seems unbelievable that people have to go to somebody else to come to God. You know, Jesus is our high priest. We can go directly to God through him. And it's amazing. It sounds weird even to say because in our mind we understand what, what a priest is, but we are priests. Um, and we can go directly to God through the Son because of what Jesus did. It's amazing how many people can't do that. So, yeah, very big deal. All right, uh, we are to T, B-A-P-T. Yes, sir, what's next? Well, Baptists believe that there are two ordinances in the local church given by Christ to the church as he was forming it and as it was being formed. And one of them is what Baptists are known for, believer's baptism by immersion, I might add. Uh, and Romans 6 says that that immersion pictures the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ, Romans 6, 1 through 4. And uh, the Bible says uh, that, notice we said believer's baptism, the Bible says uh, in Acts chapter 8 that they came to water, and the eunuch said, see, here's water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? No age qualification was given, you didn't have to go through a catechism. Uh, the answer was, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. That disqualifies babies for baptism, biblical right. baptism. They can't believe at eight days or whenever. Uh, but believers' baptism by immersion. Also, the second church ordinance is what we call the Lord's Supper. Erroneously, sometimes we call it communion. And that goes back to the belief that that uh, uh, the bodies, the bread's the literal body of Jesus and the cup's the literal blood of Jesus and you are drinking the blood of Jesus and eating the body of Jesus. You are receiving Jesus, uh, as a major denomination says. They put the wafer on the, on your tongue and say, Receive ye Jesus Christ. Uh, but uh, the Lord's Supper was called the Lord's Supper in the Bible. We're not establishing communion with God, but it can bring about communion with God because the Bible says before we partake every time, we're supposed to examine ourselves as right. to whether we're right with God uh, in taking the Lord's Supper. And I, I already mentioned, uh, Matt, uh, the Bible tells us that Jesus said that the cup is the New Testament in my blood, and the bread is my body, he said, which is broken for you. And now here's right. the key word. This, as often as ye do this, ye do it in remembrance of me. It's a yeah. memorial. Great. Perfect, perfectly explained. All right, I. I. Boy, this one's misunderstood today, even by Baptists. Baptist. It stands for individual soul liberty. And many Baptists today are taking that to mean you determine what's right for you and I'll determine what's right for me. And uh, we still have the authority of the Bible. And soul liberty, thank God, means we're liberated from keeping the law of Moses to get saved, saved or stay right. saved. Right. But we're not to use this liberty as an occasion to the flesh, and we're not to use this liberty as a block of stumbling. 
And every one of us, Romans 14, 12, the Bible says, will give an account of ourselves for the deeds done in the flesh. But thank God we've been liberated from the law uh, to be saved or stay saved. We're saved by the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Awesome. Pure, perfect. All right, we have another T. Well, we have an S. Oh, S before, yes. <laughs> that would be good to use that. <laughs> thank you. Uh, the, uh, uh, we believe in saved and regenerated, saved and baptized church membership. And the, the, uh, picture there in Acts chapter two, uh, the Bible says that, uh, the Lord added unto the church daily, such as should be saved, those who were saved. And it says, as many as received his word, they were baptized. And there were 3,000 souls got saved and baptized and added unto them that day. And so um, I have actually sat in churches where they received people into the membership who never gave even a profession of faith, let alone baptism by immersion. I had a neighboring church near my church in Oklahoma City uh, where they voted to start accepting immersion or sprinkling. But every instance of baptism in, in the Bible was immersion. Absolutely. Uh, and that is, sprinkling doesn't picture the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, and we, but now is, we're It's right. Every one of these goes back to that number one. How did they do it in the Bible? Okay, in the Bible, it was by immersion. So that's what we do. In the Bible, they had to be saved before they and baptized before they could be added to the church. So that's the way we do it. And if people understood that, the Bible is our authority. It's amazing how many other things are very simple because it doesn't matter what we think. doesn't matter what somebody else does. What does the Bible say? That's what we're supposed to do. Beautiful. Amen. And then we come to T, Brother Baker. Yes. And uh, the Baptists believe, uh, unlike many denominations today, there are two officers who fill two offices of the local church. One is the fellow that we call pastor. There are actually not just two or three titles for pastor. There are five titles given in the Bible for pastor. Uh, one is elder. An elder is the presider, the moderator over the church. Uh, elder is used interchangeably, uh, like in Acts chapter 20 and in Titus chapter 1, interchangeably with the word bishop. And bishop is an overseer of the church, and sometimes it's translated overseer, uh, but uh, it's episcopus in the Greek, and uh, it's the bishop. And then we also have the term uh, teacher. The Bible says the pastor needs to be apt to teach. And in Ephesians 4, it says pastor and teacher, meaning one man with two titles. And so we have five titles in the Bible, pastor, uh, elder, bishop, uh, teacher, and uh, I, I'm missing one right now. Overseer. Uh, but then also, what? Uh, overseer. What? Yeah, overseer. Now we also have uh, another officer in the church called deacon. And a deacon, the word is diakonos, it means servant. doesn't mean ruler. A man came to join my church one time, and he said he wanted to talk to me, though, before he joined when I was pastor. And I went over to his house, and he said, I was ordained a deacon for life. Uh, 
uh, in my church down in Dallas. Will I still be a deacon in your church? And I said, well, before I answer you, let me ask you, what is the job of a deacon? What, what would his job description be? He thought, and he said, well, it's to keep you pastor straight. <laughs> uh, but then six, uh, when the apostles who were acting as deacons, uh, when uh, as uh, pastors rather, when, when they had more work to do than they could, they said, choose you out among you seven men, and they gave qualifications. And those people became known as deacons, but they said, whom we may appoint over this matter. So the pastors appointed the deacons to assist them in serving the church. Absolutely. Uh, so that's the second officer of the church, pastors and deacons. We awesome. don't have layers of hierarchy, pastors and deacons. Awesome. All right. And the last one, another uh, S. This is uh, separation of church and state. And I was teaching these Baptist distinctives in Ukraine in a Bible college. And the president said, now we don't have separation of church and state here. So leave that one alone. Uh, it's, it's not in our constitution at this time. I said, uh, Dr. So-and-so, I'll do what you say. This is, this is your uh, institute, your college rather. But I get my authority for separation of church and state again from the Bible. Right. And uh, Jesus is the Lord of the church. So how can a state usurp authority over Jesus and tell us what to do. And even, even when to meet and when not to meet, we're essential or non-essential in this day and age. And not only uh, that, Jesus being Lord of the church, but again, in the Bible, uh, when the disciples were told, you can't teach or preach in the name of Jesus, it came down to it and they said, we ought to obey God rather than man. Yes. Uh, so, there's our separation of church and state. And, Absolutely. and our fathers knew this. And in the Constitution, under the influence of Virginia Baptists, by the way, in our United States Constitution, uh, they made the First Amendment saying that the government, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it in my words, will have no authority over establishing churches yeah. or uh, worship or prohibiting the free exercise of it, as well as the freedom of the press and freedom to assemble and so forth. So Absolutely. Uh, that came from Baptists and that came from our Baptist distinctives and they come from the Bible. Absolutely. It sure did. And we'll, uh, we're going to have another podcast someday and talk more about that and get into the Danbury Baptist and Thomas Jefferson and the letters and what was done, where that phrase comes from, because it is so messed up right now in our country. But that's a topic for another day. Beautiful. So uh, big question. Uh, are Baptist Protestants? That's really a good question. And uh, it can be answered easily and quickly. The word Protestant. <laughs> Uh, like Baptist was a negative term given to a group of people who were members of the Roman Catholic Church and they were protesting, Protestant, protest, pro protesting against uh, the Catholic Church and what it had become. And these were people like the ones who followed Martin Luther, who became known as Lutherans, ones who followed John Calvin, who became known as Presbyterians, and so forth. And the Anglican Church came out of and was called Protestant, the Catholic Church. And folks, Baptists never uh, were part of the Catholic Church, the Lutheran Church, the Anglican Church. 
They yes. were independent groups throughout Europe and other parts of the world who believed the things we just got done discussing. And so they were never Protestants. And so you Baptist fellows, and I say this kindly, who have uh, played around and toyed around with the Orthodox Baptist movement, which says we need to go back to the mother church. Really? You're going to let that, the Bible calls it, the great harlot church, <laughs> uh, the mother church, uh, you're going to go back to that? No, you're not going back to it because Baptists were never part of that. Right. And that is such a big deal. And people say, oh, what's the big deal? It doesn't matter. Uh, and go look at Revelation. It does. And this is a topic for another time, but to study and see when the Bible talks about the great whore, um, it's that city that sits on seven hills, um, the Catholic Church, and it said the little harlots are going to come back to that mother church. And so it is a big deal that Baptists were not a part of that. We did not protest out of it because we were never in it. And so uh, at the end of our Revelation, we will not be coming back to that mother church. So no, it is a gigantic issue. And it's amazing how many people who say they're Baptists um, go along with that. Um, Dr. Miller, so a lot of people today say they're Baptistic, but they're distancing themselves from the title of Baptist or taking off their church names. So why do you think they do that? And um, is that dangerous or is that a big deal? I understand why they do it oftentimes. <clears throat> I, I had a man say, we're not we're not going to have the name Baptist when I start a church in such and such a community because the last three Baptist church in that town crashed and burned or there was scandal or whatever. Um, but now time out, folks. Uh, if you have something good and biblical uh, and some people go awry or some churches go off the tracks, don't throw, don't give up the good. Uh, establish a good testimony, and a good name. Oh, man, of all people, Baptists should have a good name because start at the beginning. The, the Bible's our standard of faith and practice. Jesus is the Lord of the church, not that preacher who went off the tracks, uh, perhaps. That's one reason. Another reason is uh, pragmatism. Well, if, if I'm not Baptist, then uh, I'll have a chance to get people who are not Baptist. Uh Dr. Baker, your church is growing. The church I'm a member of is growing hand over fist. And we're reaching people with the gospel first. They get saved and they get baptized from all kinds of backgrounds. And you have on your title, Baptist, and we have in our title, Baptist, because we're Baptist. And I already talked about that illustration with the can of corn and so forth. Uh, you say Baptist doesn't mean anything to lost people. No, it doesn't. But what about good in our transient society? What about good right. Bible-believing type of people who you want in your church who move into your community? They shouldn't have to visit 22 churches or 22 websites before they find a good church. They ought to be able to look and say, oh, there's seven good there's seven Baptist churches in this town. Let's visit and pray over these churches. Right. Uh, that label on that can of corn is a good label. Absolutely. So um, you mentioned already, we've talked about independent. Uh, we're autonomous. The church runs and governs itself with the pastor and church deacons and members. And so um, is independent Baptist a denomination? If the title's true, it can't be independent. <laughs> um, a denomination, a church votes to join a denomination. 
Now I can I can have a fellowship. Let's start a fellowship today. Uh, the uh, Baker uh, Miller uh, Baptist Convention. Now people can vote to join us uh, if we're a denomination. But if we're a fellowship, they just come. <laughs> and if if we're teaching, preaching, practicing things that are unbiblical, if we have a wrong spirit, they can just quit coming. They right. can quit sending their money to our Bible college. They can quit sending students to our Bible college. A fellowship is different from a denomination. And Baptists don't get in trouble when they have fellowships. They get in trouble when they start turning the fellowship into a denomination. Absolutely. No, we're not. Yeah, and you're right. Though there are some denominations. <laughs> yeah, and there are fellowships, you're right, that have turned into denominations. And so it's always amazing to me, and I hear guys talk all the time, about, oh, yeah, independent Baptists say they're not a denomination, but they are. And I always want to ask them, okay, to have a denomination, you have to have a headquarters. Where's ours? I mean, where is our headquarters? If we are a denomination, where is it? You know, people could have said it was Hammond, uh, but it wasn't. Dr. Howells never, he fought against that, would not accept it. People tried to get him started a denomination forever, and he would not. And it's definitely not Hammond today, or California, or Kentucky, or Ohio, or Nashville. Someone tell me, if we're a denomination, where is our headquarters at? If we're a denomination, go ahead. I want to take a second, too. Uh, uh, the Hammond thing is true, what you said. And uh, before that, there were people that would say Chattanooga was a headquarters because there was a great Baptist church there and a great missionary sending church there and a great Bible college and then seminary there. And But at the same time, simultaneous with those, there uh, other people would say Springfield, Missouri, yep. and other people would, would uh, go north and say Clark Summit, Pennsylvania, or Grand Rapids, uh, Michigan. Uh, there were... Uh, independent Baptist fellowships in all right. those places. They were right. never denomination, and and tried to make them that. Yep. Uh, th then that became non-baptistic. Exactly. So a denomination, you have to. It's a willful submission to a greater authority, which guides and controls the direction of the church. Okay. Do you get that? That's the definition of denomination, a willful submission to a greater authority, which guides and controls the directions of a church. That's the denomination. And we are not. Um, I'm independent Baptist and there is no greater authority that guides and controls the directions of our church. Absolutely not. There is no headquarters that we have. There's no leader that we have. And the other thing you have to have a denomination is some type of financial control or financial incentive. They offer retirement or cooperating missions. And you have to do that to be a part of that. There is is none of that. We can get together and support a missionary and we can not support a missionary, but it has nothing to do with control. I can support them or not. Our church decides that. And uh, for people that I would love to hear, okay, biblically or logically explain to, explain to me how we're denomination. They say that because they want to lump us into that. Because when you say independent Baptist, if one guy does something that's not right, then you can lump everybody into that if it's a denomination. If it's independent, that's independent. They didn't do that right, but I don't, I'm not their pastor. I'm not that church. I don't have to worry about that. It's our church that runs and governs itself. So beautiful. I want to show you something very ugly about denominations. And Baptists aren't the only ones. Baptist denominations are not the only ones that do this. Denominations oftentimes will help or assist or loan money to a local church to build a building, for instance, or in addition to a building. Right. And if they don't look at the fine print of that loan agreement, uh, they, they may, to their chagrin someday, find out when they're getting ready to do something contrary 
to the denomination, they may find out that the denomination gives them the authority to do that, but the denomination keeps the building, and they have the deed to the building. And I, folks, I'm not making this up. I have had to work with churches who had to go to court to get their church property extracted from a denomination that they borrowed money from, and sometimes they won, and sometimes the denomination won in court, and the people lost their building to the denomination, and the people had to go and find a new facility, new property, right. and start all over. Yeah, when we started our right when we started our church, uh, Southern Baptist, very kind, nice people, heard what we we're doing, came to me, took me out for lunch, and said, "Hey, we'd love to help you. We hear great things about you and your church. We'd like to grow. We'd like to help you guys build a building. Uh, we will build it for free. You don't have to pay anything. You don't even have to start making payments for seven years. We're for you. We believe in you. We hear what you're doing, and we would love to help you." Um, and it's like, "Great! Wow! Thank you. Sorry, no." <laughs> and I was very kind to him. I wasn't trying to make an enemy, but I know why. I cannot be in Southern Baptist. I don't fight them. I'm glad they're doing what the, the work that they're doing. I've got enough things to fight and to do, but uh, it's amazing. And they would have built the building for us. And that would have been awesome, except like you said, when we want to do something different than they want, they could have taken that. So uh, our time is almost that, done. That, that times happens when they go to get a new pastor. Yeah. Pastor retires <clears throat> and they want to make sure they're getting a Southern Baptist pastor there. And that's when they exercise their authority and remind you you're Southern Baptist, and this congregation belongs to the denomination. Yeah. We are independent. We believe in autonomy of the local church and lordship of Jesus Christ. We're fundamental, and we're Baptist. Awesome. A couple more questions, uh, and we will be done. This has been good. Um, so um, how, to, how do you help preachers... Baptists from straying, getting away, messing up, as we know a lot of people change. What are the things that are influencing Baptists that are leading them astray or taking them away from biblical points and positions? Uh, if someone's out there going, okay, hey, I, I, I believe right, I want to stay right. Um, no one that has gone off into the other areas planned on it. Uh, it's just something that happened. So what advice would you give? You've been around a few years. What advice would you give to help us not to go down a path that we're going to look back and not even recognize what we were? Well, if I don't hit the points that you see, be feel free. It's, it's your uh, podcast. If I don't hit the points that you sure. see, feel free to supplement at the end. But I do have 51 years experience mm -hmm. in the ministry. From the Word of God and from observation, I notice that fellowship can lead us astray. Uh, the Bible says evil communications corrupt good manners. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says, a companion of fools shall be destroyed. But it also says, forgetting the right friends and being in the right fellowship, he that walketh with wise men shall be made wise. Right. And so fellowship with uh, will lead you in a right or wrong direction. That would then carry over to who you read after. Mm -hmm. And in this day and age, who you listen to and watch. Right. Uh, I'm I'm really, now, a bunch of people are, are going to jump off my bandwagon if they were ever on it here. But how can I, as an independent fundamental Baptist, get my Bible exposition and application mainly from men who are Congregationalist or Presbyterian-ish like 
Chuck Swindoll or John MacArthur hmm. uh, who are wrong in their eschatology and church government. Uh, but I know men who say, well, I, I, it's like eating fish. I eat the meat and pick out the bones. And, and I really like John MacArthur. And, and I like the uh, new evangelicals like uh, Dr. Warren Wearsby. Those men have good things to say about some things. But uh, let's read after Biblicists. Uh, who haven't gone wrong in our eschatology, in our local church government. Uh, let's read after biblicists, uh, people who are soul winners, people who are fundamentalist, people who are Baptist, and there are people to read after. And more and more are writing books now. Uh, so who you read after. And then here's where so many of us go wrong. Uh, podcast. <laughs> We've got a bunch of People who don't know why they are, what they are, listening to people who don't know why they are, what they are, telling them what they should be. <laughs> uh, uh, let's let's yeah. give credence to, as the Bible does, the elders. And here I'm talking about elder as it's used in the Bible with age and experience. Uh, not necessarily, mm. uh, though not exclusive of the title. Good sure. biblical mentorship. That's why one reason, if you don't mind me mentioning it, at Independent Fundamental uh, or Independent Baptist Online College, uh, we have over 30 professors and teachers who average over 30. It's closer to 35 years of successful ministry. And so uh, we have people who have done it teaching us how to do it. Right. And so we learn from is what I'm saying. And then one other thing, um, a lot of people... It's hard to stand right, hmm. uh, but the way of the transgressor is hard, the Bible says, so it's harder. Right. And it's hard to stand right, but God honors faithfulness with fruitfulness. In due season ye shall reap, if ye faint not. And I, I know a man who's not a great Bible scholar, and uh, he's, a little, he's a little odd compared to me, but I'm odd, so that's fine. <laughs> but... Uh, God is blessing his church. And it's because he's been faithful for over 30 years to the word of God. Hmm. And God is blessing after many years. He's starting to grow and reach people and win souls like he has not for uh, 30 years. And so it's hard. And a lot of people give up and they go for the easy fix, the gimmicks, right. Right. Uh, the worldliness, the worldly music, uh, the colored smoke. By the way, fake smoke. <laughs> we don't need fake smoke if we have the red hot power of the Holy Spirit. We have real fire. So Amen. I think those are things. Our fellowship, who we learn from, and uh, send send your young people to the right colleges because the foundation is important. It's hard to break up a foundation and start all over again. Right. You named it. You said it exactly. And and I I, I hate this, but I have. A great friend of mine, we served the Lord together for nine years, um, one of the best assistant pastors I ever had, and he felt like God wanted him to start a church. He did it the right way, prayed about it, word, counsel, advice. We helped him. We supported him. It didn't really get off the ground. He felt like God wanted him to come back. I felt like God wanted him to come back. Uh, that's great. You got that done. Let's serve the Lord next 20, 30 years together. But when he was gone, he started reading. And you mentioned the names, Warren Wiersbe and John MacArthur. And yes, there's some good things that they had to say. 
but it is very hard. <laughs> you ever eat just plain fish? How many times do we get a bone? And, um, and so it's very hard to do that. And especially when you open yourself up, there are things that I've listened to or read that I knew there's going to be error in here. And I read it and listen differently than I would to somebody that I know is right. Cause you're looking, okay, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. I'll turn on a radio and the preacher's going, all right, let me see if I can figure out what he is. And ding, ding, ding. Yep. He's this. And I'm listening differently than I am if I'm listening to somebody that I know that I trust, but he read those and came back and was different and gone. And, and it started, he left there and was Baptist, left that and became in, became non-denominational, left that, came down and down and down and down. And literally today, he's an agnostic, totally out of the ministry. His kids are atheists, alcohol, drugs, a mess. Uh, because once you start changing, even just taking your name off, we don't think that's a big deal. It starts to change for, like you said, to attract more people. The next thing you do to attract more people, and Dr. Howell said it changes a position. Uh, we're not to um, be given to change or hang around people that are given to change. And it's amazing where it stops, nobody knows. And it's so sad. And you're right, that happens. Uh, we were taught as a young preacher, all right, where do you want to be in 30, 40, 50 years? Okay, find people that are there and model after them. That way the end of the matter is first and you make sure you're on that straight line that you end up where you want to be. If not, you don't know where you're going or where you're going to end up. And so many people have lost it and now literally out of the ministry, not serving God at all. We helped we helped a guy start a church financially. And first year supported him, maybe longer than that. Good guy. Went to college with him. And I remember still when he changed the name of his church to Drive Church. I'm going, what? Drive Church. And then boom, down, 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 out of the ministry, now a comedian, now just in the world. And, and one day to stand before God, they will wish that they had kept their eyes on what do I want to be at the end and and take the steps that will get there. Last question, I don't want to go over time, uh, but uh, really big, and I think it's interesting. would love to hear your insight on this. What do you see the future for Baptists, especially fundamental Baptists? What do you see the future? Is it dead? Is it over? Are we dying? Do we quit? Do we throw in the towel? Do we give up? Or, or what do you see the future of um, fundamental Baptists? Uh, I, I was talking to my son on the phone just last night. And uh, he, he's in ministry, and I was talking to him, and he was talking to me about positions changing with missionaries and people. And I said, well, your dad's a dinosaur. <laughs> now, uh, by dinosaur, uh, there's times the dinosaurs I know were extinct. So I don't think the Baptists are going to become extinct. Uh, we're very different. And uh, there were, the Baptists... It's unusual. The Baptists in the United States were so popular in the 60s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. That's unusual in Baptist history. Baptists have been a persecuted people and a mocked people, but they had the power of God and God's stamp of approval on them. And uh, Jesus said this. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So if you have a church where Christ is the head, he's the foundation, he's the rock, and he's going to build that church, and hell cannot wipe it out. Amen. Hell cannot wipe it out. They tried to uh, kill the church by killing the church members in the first century, and the church and churches just grew and flourished. So that's what I see our future as being until uh, there is no 
uh, biblical Baptist church left on the face of the earth. Amen. Amen. It's amazing and looking, and I'm, I'm a, a couple years younger than you, but uh, uh, I still have over 30 years in ministry, which is um, amazing when you're that young preacher forever, and then you go, I'm not the young preacher anymore. How did that happen? Um, I remember, I'm, I'm sure you had those days too, but it, it's amazing the pushback, and I think politically and biblically, these things make sense together. Um, when the left politically pushes it so far the other way, then people look and go, no, sorry, wrong. We're not taking that and they pull it back. I think biblically the same thing. There's so many people that look and say, that's not church. That's a rock concert. That's not church. That's entertainment. That's not church. They're not doing the work of church. And that type of movement has been around long enough. They see the fruit of that and they realize, okay, we don't have good fruit. Our kids do not believe right and are not following the right way um, to be able to have. We have 11 children and it's amazing. Teach them right, believe right. They accept it for themselves. You have the same thing and and they don't so many times. And so anyway, I really believe there's gonna be a resurgence of people coming back and seeing what is right, what is strong, what is biblical and saying, okay, they push this thing too far. We have to push this thing back. So it'd be interesting to see how that works and where it goes, but hey, that's not why we're in this. We're in this for the Lord, and um, we're to be faithful. Boy, how many years did Noah preach and Jeremiah preach when they didn't see the fruit, but they were faithful and rewarded according to their labor? And I think for any preachers out there that get discouraged and struggle to look at that up and coming church and go, wow, I wish we had that kind of crowd. Uh, it's going to be different when you stand before Jesus and give an account. Um, they got their praise and accolades here. And uh, that faithful preacher serving with a few people is going to have his rewards there. So any uh, final thoughts before we close this out on anything that I didn't ask or anything that you'd like to say or help people with concerning this thing of, of fundamental and Baptist? Any uh, closing thoughts, Dr. Miller? Well, don't be afraid uh, of the term Baptist or fundamental. Don't be afraid of those in their raw definitions. Celebrate being independent. Christ is the Lord of our church. Fundamental. We Celebrate the virgin birth of Christ, the bodily resurrection of Christ, the blood atonement, substitutionary atonement of Jesus Christ. Uh, celebrate uh, being a Baptist church. Uh, believing the Baptist Bible, their Bible distinctives. Uh, don't be ashamed of that. Uh, make it a positive thing. Polish it up awesome. with a life and teaching that, uh, polish it up with life and teaching those terms that uh, verify uh, what you are and should be. Man, I'm excited about being, I came out of uh, a liberal denomination that today accepts air and sin in its leadership. I'm happy to be an independent. Well, that is, that is great. Dr. Miller, if they would like more information on Baptist distinctives, Baptist history, um, tell about that, uh, where they can go and get that. Um, I believe those are courses that uh, you have taught that they could take if they would like. Well, um, at Independent uh, Baptist Online College, I have uh, Baptist History 1 and Baptist History 2 are two courses. We also have a one-credit course uh, that's a shorter course, but it's called Baptist Distinctives in Polity, Church Government. Uh, we don't have to uh, subject how we govern our churches to uh, 
uh, vote of the majority. God shows us how to do it. And Amen. so there's three courses right here that you can take from Independent Baptist Online College. Awesome. And you can tell them how to get there. Awesome. That's good. Yeah. iBaptistCollege.org. iBaptistCollege.org. And click Start Here, and it makes it very simple. If you have any questions, feel free to let us know. By the way, if you have a question for us on the podcast or for Dr. Miller, he will be on again uh, sometime. Uh, the email address is the Fundamental Baptist Podcast at gmail.com. Try to get uh, initials for it, but those are already taken, so it is what it is. The Fundamental Baptist Podcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, feel free to go there. Um, Dr. Miller, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for taking your time. I know you're busy with college and family and all that you do, but we uh, loved having you here, and thank you uh, for this, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you again. God bless. <music>